0: Welcome back to Imagine Akasha. My name is Tom Fry. My lovely co-host is Nan Valling. Nancy, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, Tom. How are you?
0: I'm good. Uh, We had a great guest last time. We had your friend, Joaquina, who is a um, don't squeeze the shaman, and she was great, and we had so much fun, but we even got someone cooler today.
1: Jason Kish, how are you?
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm doing really
2: well.
0: Jason is not live in the studio. He's actually, uh, where are you right now?
2: I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Is it cold? It absolutely is. <laughs> all right.
0: Wouldn't be Minnesota if it weren't cold.
2: No, no, it would not.
0: Nancy's trying to do a picture of us all here, which is not a good time when we're recording the show. We can, we can pretend like we're doing it afterwards. No one will know.
2: Okay. <laughs> all
1: right. So Jason and I met at the Monroe Institute.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, the Monroe Institute was founded by uh, a gentleman named uh, Robert Monroe. Started having spontaneous out-of-body experiences back in the 1950s and uh, basically turned it into his profession. Uh, He opened up the institute they study, you know, consciousness, uh, expanded states of consciousness, and, and lucid dreaming and uh, other fun things like that. They've been around for a couple decades, since the early 1970s.
0: I have a question about lucid dreaming, because this is one thing that's been very, very intriguing, and I mentioned in our first podcast that I met this gentleman when I was living in Belgium. His name was Slepe, and he said, you know, I sleep like 12, 14 hours a day, and I'm like, really? And he's like, well, yeah, because I, I lucid dream. Of course, he has this in this, you know, this Belgian accent, like, this but he said that he basically what happens is he says he goes to sleep and then soon as he wakes up he'll remember exactly what he was dreaming and he'll think about that again and he'll go right back into it i mean is this something that you do like on a regular basis have you perfected it yet or
2: no no i've not i've not perfected it i'm able to do it with a relatively good success rate but you know ever since i started practicing it my intention has never really been on the mark as much as you know most other seasoned travelers And what I mean by that is, um, you know, you can go into a meditative or an out-of-body or lucid dream experience with with an intention. But whether or not you achieve that intention is kind of a (laughs) crapshoot. But, you know, I can repeat the experience with a good level of success, but not as far as going back into a specific dream. And I would guess the reason he probably lucid dreams so much is because he's getting so much sleep.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, so the average person can't achieve doing that.
2: The average person can do it, but not everyone starts out on the same playing field. I guess is the best way to put it. It's you know a lot of it is diet and psychologically and and supplements.
1: intensive. Don't you take supplements?
2: Yes. Yeah. Some you know someone who has a healthier diet um, might be more inclined to remember their dreams and and things like that. So. But yeah, anyone can work towards achieving the experience, but like I said, not everyone and it starts out on the same playing field.
0: I don't think Sleppe has a great diet. This guy like smokes like three packs of cigarettes a day and drinks a lot of uh, whiskey and stuff, and I'm not sure how good his, his food diet is, <laughs> but I do know that he said you know, what, what happens is when, you know, when you wake up and you just remember your dream, you know exactly what you were dreaming about, you know exactly where you were. If you don't wait too long and you can shut your eyes and, and think about what you were just doing, then he says he often you know, comes right back to where he was but he's completely aware that it's a dream. So he's able to, you know, control and and manipulate things that happen to
2: him. Yeah, that's probably a talent that he, you know, worked on for a long time. You know, it reminds me of the technique that um, is used in uh, a method called the phase. Right when you wake up, most people don't even realize this, but when they wake up, within the first couple seconds of waking up, you're technically not really focused uh, back in your body. Um, You're still you know, either out of your body a little bit or possibly even, you know, in a dream, you're not quite tuned back into your physical body yet. So right when you wake up, that's the time to to try or use any technique that you want to use because you're, you're right on that borderline of being awake and sleep. And the reason I, I mentioned, you know, the fact that he lucid dreams so much might be because he sleeps so much is because... Achieving these states of heightened consciousness are dependent a lot on the mind being alert but the body uh, being able to sleep. So the more sleep your your mind is exposed to, the more alert it is when your body is is asleep. If that makes any sense. Yeah um, no totally. The mind awake body's sleep state is kind of the it's the jumping board for most of these states of consciousness. So if you can have if you can go into any sort of deep meditative uh, physical sleep and keep your mind relatively alert, Your chances of recalling all of the experiences are increased. But
0: as soon as you get out of bed and go to the bathroom or get a drink of water and then get back into bed, then you're kind of like you're, you're
2: you're not going to be able to do it as easily because your physical body's awake and you're. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you're more, you're more solidified in the physical world. And like when I say immediately waking up, I'm talking like fractions of a second, you know, it's, Right when you open your eyes, you're probably not really even entirely integrated in with your body yet right when you open your eyes.
1: I learned that wake back to bed from Todd. I don't do it very well. I've done it maybe twice, but I did go learn learn that technique.
2: It is the best technique, regardless how you're going to meditate or what your intentions are going into the experience. The wake back to bed technique is kind of a base (laughs) jumping point for just about any sort of method or technique because it it, again it all comes back to the mind awake body asleep state.
1: So how would you describe some one of our listeners use that technique?
2: Okay so if you go to bed well it it depends on how much sleep you get a night. If you're the typical person and you get eight hours of sleep a night um, the idea is to get two or three sleep cycles out of the way and then you wake up after maybe four or five hours, and then you stay up for anywhere from a half hour to an hour, and then you just kind of meditate your way back into a light sleep. And the reason that works is because the first four to five hours of sleep uh, every night are are basically uh, deep restorative sleep in, in the delta range. So your your brain and your body both need that delta sleep to, to completely refresh. I'm sure most of your listeners know that throughout the night, your, your mind goes up and down uh, from theta back down to delta. Um, the last few hours of sleep are, are usually in, in the theta, the higher range. So that's why our, our mind is, is more awake during those periods. So four or five hours of sleep, um, get up in the morning or, or get up before your, your attempt, and it helps to move to a different room. Because when you're astral body or your I, I realize we're still talking about lucid dreaming here, but they're, they're kind of the same.
1: Do you think OBEs and lucid dreaming are the same?
2: You know, I thought I had that pegged down, but I'm not quite sure anymore. Um, I think they're just different levels of consciousness. Um, there's been times where I woke up and I knew that I was outside of my body. Uh, I woke up and I was floating probably three or four feet above my body, in the same position I was on my back, but I was just kind of floating in the air and then once I realized it i, I closed my eyes and I just kind of relaxed into the experience and then all of a sudden my my field of vision started to turn white and then next thing you know, next thing you know i 'm looking at a full colored tapestry um and i'm i'm actually in a lucid dream while out of my body. <laughs>
1: That's cool. Huh? Um,
2: wow. Yeah, yeah. And and when that happened, I, I woke up and, and I, I thought to myself, they've got to be different, you know, lucid dreaming and out of body. But the the more and more time that passes, the more I realize it could be just different levels of consciousness. Uh, lucid dreaming could be some sort of experience on a higher mental plane where we don't require any physical form. Mm-hmm. So we don't feel that we have a body. Um so, a part of our psyche or our consciousness, um, you know, could be somewhere in the higher mental planes or the astral planes, while our physical. Uh, part of our physical consciousness is still in the body. I'm not so sure they're different anymore. <laughs> but- you, you had mentioned,
0: uh, you know, so you have your five hours of good sleep, you know, the, the, the regenerative sleep and, and what you're required. And then you wake up and then you talk about go, maybe going to a different room or something like that and then, and then trying to, to meditate. Now, when you say trying to meditate, I mean, are you like doing what you would normally like a normal person meditating would do? Or is it a little bit different when you're trying to get into the state that you're speaking of?
2: Um, Well, first of all, I got to back up, So, and and it's an important step. Your astral body or your energetic body, it gets used to routine, just like your physical body. So if you are used to sleeping in your bedroom and you never move, your astral body thinks that that's where where it's supposed to be all the time. So when you do the wake-back-to-bed technique, get up out of bed wherever you are and then go to a different room, preferably, maybe even the couch, as far as the meditation goes, I use a little bit different of a meditation because when when most people meditate, it's it's with the intent to to silence uh, silence their mind right. and move move inward and and discover some some of the things that are happening at the subconscious level. But when I when I meditate, you know, with the intention of going out of body, I simply move my awareness to a different place because I'm sure most of the listeners know that. Intention is a, is a very strong factor when, when it comes to these things, and uh, your astral body or your energetic body responds directly to thought and intention. So if you move your awareness to, let's say, the, the middle of the street and you know out in front of your yard, if your awareness goes to that place, then that's where your consciousness wants to gravitate towards.
0: So instead of sitting there and, and, you know, concentrating on your breathing so you can, you know, minimize thoughts that are going in and out of your head and you're just, you know, maybe you're doing some sort of a breathing technique when you meditate or you're doing some, you're saying that now you're just focusing on your front yard. Is that kind of like what you're saying or or where you want to go in that dream or? or?
2: Yep, absolutely. Um, And it, it doesn't have to be a particular place. It can be 10 feet above your, above your body. It doesn't matter. It's. As long, well, there's a saying: energy goes where awareness flows. Mm. So, um, I like that. yeah, I and and part of that is visualizing. The better you can visualize, the better you're able to move your awareness.
1: Because your consciousness follows that pretty much. Exactly. Like your imagination is as powerful as Einstein said. Yes, yeah,
2: exactly. And and the other the other ingredient is to you're trying to disconnect your consciousness from all things. Involving the physical. So if you can just think to be in a different place or you can visualize to be in a different place, it, it doesn't matter because you're focusing your attention away from where your physical body is at that moment. That's, that's what I do when I meditate with the intention to have a lucid dream or an out of body experience. Uh, I do a little bit of breathing exercises. I, I kind of have a routine. You know, I do some breathing exercises, some... Halabati
1: uh, um, breathing, that fire breath.
2: Yep, sort of like the breath of fire. Uh, holotropic breathing. Yep. Do that for about five minutes, which really helps to, to get the chi energy flowing. Breath work is so underrated. <laughs> it's taken me about five years to realize that, but, and I know Todd, Todd's big on that as well, the, the breath work. There's some correlations between CO2 levels and oxygen levels in the brain and how it affects the central nervous system. And the central nervous system is actually directly tied to the energetic body. So breathwork plays a part in it, too. Wow. Uh,
1: What's your favorite um, out-of-body experience that you can tell us about?
2: Rated R or or lower? (laughs) I don't have have too many rated R1s. (laughs) Uh, That I, if we have time, I have kind of a funny story about that. Um, the experience that I'll take to my grave and and I'll never forget. Um, my dad and my stepmother were up visiting, and they're very, very uh re- religious, Christian orientated people, and they were concerned about what I, you know, was telling them about my out-of-body and travels and all that, and their parting words were, um, you know, just be careful, um, know what you're getting into, blah, 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 all that. So I kind of took it with a grain of salt, but I kind of took their advice, and I, I, I set an intention out to the universe. I said, you know, please let me know if these experiences are coming from a good, you know, place or, or not so good, and I made that intention with, with, I mean, it was a genuine attempt to, to seek out an answer. Uh, that night, um, I woke up on, on my couch and uh, my body was vibrating like a chainsaw. It, it, was the, it was the strongest vibrations I had ever felt. And I simply sat up off the couch. And to be honest with you, I didn't even really know if I was out of body at that point. It was so natural and it felt, it felt so, I, I don't know, just natural. I didn't at that point, I don't even think I knew I was out of my body, but so I walked through my house to the front door, and the house I was in was very similar, uh, but it was just a little bit bigger. I walked out the front door, uh, actually, I should say I walked through the front door and out into the street, and uh, there was a, there was a, a kind of a, blue, uh, a bluish hue in the sky. There was, was it nighttime the, the, or day when this was happening? This was probably at 4 o'clock in the morning my time, but I'm going to kind of work back around um, to the beginning of this, and it's going to hopefully play out like a good story. Um, (laughs) So I went out to the front yard, and I looked back at the house I had just come out of, and I couldn't believe my eyes. It was a a Victorian-style mansion, and every square inch of the outside was highly polished copper, It was just amazing. And every house in the neighborhood was as equally beautiful and magnificent as, as the one I just walked out of. It was the only thing I could think of is at the time was I cannot believe I'm in a place like this and I can't wait to tell my friends about it. Um, So, you know, I, I just kind of took in the, took in the scenery for a bit. And then I, I do what I always do. I just fly up into the air. I was looking down on a
1: so can I impart real quick? Do you think this is just another level of your neighborhood somewhere out there, like another dimension? Or you just... Was went- that Nan? Yeah, this...
2: Are you asking me that? It's
0: not Tom. I hope my voice is...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm asking if you think that this neighborhood was just like another dimension of your real place. Or well, is it... Were you in a new, totally different neighborhood?
2: Uh, the, the former <laughs> Uh
1: so just a, your neighborhood in another dimension,
2: right? Yeah, yeah I, it was it was amazing. It was so beautiful. There was uh, there was coves of water. Uh, the water was so crystal clear. You could see down to the bottom. There's a there's a lot more to it, but let, let's just put it this way: there places like this. It's probably where a lot of historical and religious writers got the idea of heaven.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I won't tell the whole story, but I'll just say, I, I thought about it a couple days later and I realized what I had just experienced was probably a higher vibration version of my own neighborhood. Yeah, um, that's because... not, that's
1: really cool. That's what I would like to experience next.
2: Well, yeah, I, I went to Google Maps. Um, well, I already know where I live. I know what it looks like from the sky, but I just, I wanted to check it. And I, I, I went to Google Maps and I, I zoomed out of my neighborhood. And the, the, the geography I was looking at was almost identical to the, wow. to the experience I had. So that's when I started to realize that the, the astral plane and all of these other non-physical places, they aren't really in a particular place. They're in and around everything.
1: That we're they, in right now. We just don't see it from this particular body's eyes.
2: Absolutely. Just like there's there's thousands of radio, radio, satellite, you know, phone, TV signals everywhere. Uh, you, you just can't see them, and you need the right kind of tuner to be able to tune into that frequency. If you've refined your meditation capabilities and you can, you know, focus your awareness, you can, you can tune in to any of these places that exist.
0: Do you think that um, some of the like, for instance, you you mentioned like you know things look copper the houses look copper and you talk about the the water and things like that do you think that is maybe what you personally found to be this beautiful thing or do you think that if me if if, if like let's say my, my my favorite um artist is Mondrian and I kind of like those you know those block colors of yellows and blues those primary colors that if I were experiencing what you experience, would I have maybe seen it the way that I would interpret it as being beautifully artistic is that our own personal uh, view of art or do you think that's just what's really there
2: on that plane no that's a great question um I, I don't know how Did to I answer stump that. You? Um, well, <laughs> well,
1: I would assume if, that that would be true because that each one of our perceptions, even in this world, I mean, a table is a table to one another. We've named a table, and we all kind of have that form, but each one of us sees it differently.
2: Right. It's a consensus.
1: Yeah. The consensus.
2: Yeah, a consensus of what is being perceived. Um, different non-physical environments are made of different densities. There's places in the non-physical where everything responds directly to thought. So, you know, hypothetically, if you and I had projected into the same neighborhood, um, I guess it's possible that you may be able to perceive something differently than me. I understand where you're coming from, but I've had other experiences that-
1: Where other travelers were with you?
2: No, returning. no, no. I'm kind of a lone traveler. I don't really meet up with a lot of people and I don't really see a lot of, a lot of other entities <laughs> when I'm out.
1: You haven't met the big,
2: the way, the, the uh, way the life an- yeah, The answers?
1: <laughs> yeah, the answers.
2: Oh, you mean like... The Yoda, a, the Yoda <laughs> of the world? You mean an interface with the Akashic?
1: Yes, <laughs> yes.
2: No, I've not. I've not, I've never gotten words of wisdom. That's not to say that I don't think I have any sort of guiding force. You know, ever since I was a kid, uh, I've I've been doing this, and I have had encounters with um, with beings when I was a kid. Uh, I think I was actually approached by some extraterrestrials one time, and I was terrified, and I didn't want to have anything to do with it. And I think at that point, maybe they were you terrified
1: because because of what we're ingrained to be terrified, or were you terrified just because you're a child and here's a a, yeah, I was terrified
2: child um you know it would only happen at my grandparents' house every time i would sleep over at my grandparents' house i would i would go out of my body and i would go through the the aluminum door and just kind of crouch down behind these bushes and i would see these three lights these three bouncing balls of light they would start to work their way up this hill towards my grandmother's house and i would peek through my you know peek through my fingers and then close them again and i was terrified and then i would peek and then finally, I would just go back to my body. <laughs> um, so I, I think attempts have been made to to interface with me, but maybe you I don't just know. Weren't maybe red, ready yet. Yeah, and you know. And I'm, do you
1: even set that intention to go out and meet anyone?
2: I do. I do set the intention to uh, to interface with you know with people and and help and other outside resources. I have a question for you, and this is maybe
0: not you're not going to be able to answer this, but let's just say that okay, you. Let's push yourself ahead 15 or 20 years and you have got this mastered to the point where you can pretty much do this, you know, with the right technique. You can pretty much do it when you want to or at least when you're ready to and you find someone else who's also able to do this. Do you think that if you were to both lay there, you know, in uh, separate beds or separate couches and you were to both go into this state, would you be there together and would you both be able to converse out of body like that? Or do you think that it's almost like what, you know, e- each person kind of has their own journey and they wouldn't necessarily meet?
2: Um. Well, uh,
0: your own personal I- opinion. I mean, obviously there's no right or wrong answer to
2: that. Yeah. Well, so, the only reason I'm, I'm hesitant is because that seems like the thing. It seems like the common sense challenge question. It's like, you know, is this real or, or is it is imagined um, when, when someone goes out of their body, they're kind of at the whim of what their subconscious mind wants them to do. Because most times when I'm out of my body, I have complete awareness of who I am. I know that I'm Jason. I know that I'm sleeping on a couch in my house in Minnesota, but I know that I'm not there. But at the same time, there's another part of my mind um, guiding. It's like um, I'm just along for the ride, but I'm not actually directing anything. Right and I don't have, I don't always have a lot of control over that. So for me, I've not been able to master it to the point where I can definitively say, this is where I want to go, this is who I want to meet up with, and this is the objective of this experience, you know, to provide validation that we're both seeing the same thing. But what I can say is that I do know of a lot of seasoned travelers who did those exact sort of experiments at the Monroe Institute back in the 70s. They did six-digit numbers, in 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 the other room, they did remote viewing, they did shared out- of body experiences and robert monroe he he took notes of all the independent conversations he had with these um what did what did he call them uh the explorers he He took independent notes of the conversations and then they compared them after the fact and what Dennis menrick saw was the same thing that Thomas Campbell saw. So, you know, it's, I would say it was a small kind of peer-reviewed <laughs> scientific experiment, but it probably just never made its way into the mainstream Right. So community.
1: you brought up Thomas Campbell. Um, do you think we're living in a virtual reality?
2: I do. I do. It took me a long time to to wrap my brain around it, but I don't think it's a virtual reality in the way that most people are thinking. And, and Tom will say it over and over again himself. It's a model. His My Big Toe theory, it's a model. It's not meant to be taken, you Seriously? know, literally. It's, you know, everything in the entire universe is energy. It's information. You know, the colors that you see reflect, reflected off, or off objects, it's simply information. You know, and if you could somehow be fed that information in some sort of sensory deprivation environment, you really wouldn't know the difference between, you know, real life and, and the virtual reality you're experiencing.
1: You know, I, I've been talking about that. If you want to lose weight, you can go into a lucid dream and, you know, go exercise, and your actual physical body may get in better shape and uh, lose that, weight. I don't know about and all. And everyone that. keeps laughing at me, but
0: because you, how Because you, if your real body's laying on the couch. Because and, you're, and it, it's it's not burning calories you're not out there really exercising so I mean it, it's 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 your mind uh, that's you know what I'm saying it isn't your actual physical body that's that's where I would have a problem with that one
2: I know I know what Nancy is, is saying um I understand where she's coming from there's it's a term
1: of, for it and I always lose it when I start talking uh,
2: are you talking about the um the law of attraction
1: the law of attraction is part of it but. right
2: well the, the law of attraction is the idea that our uh, intentions and thoughts mold. create our
1: create yep. your physical world.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that that kind of brings up another another topic. But I won't go off on too much of a tangent. What's um, the
1: other topic? Go ahead.
2: Well, just the the way the nature of the densities and the thought responsiveness to various non physical uh, environments and the amount of spiritual maturity that's required in each plane of existence because um, the, the physical plane is a very dense environment. Even though everything really is energy, it's very densely uh, compacted or magnetized to itself.
1: To look solid, and, to appear yeah, to us as solid.
2: Right, right. And and change is a very slow process in the physical plane. And I have a theory that the reason change happens so, so slowly on the physical plane is because we're not at the level of consciousness yet where we can control all of our thoughts i mean, imagine if you're the most fearful paranoid jumpy person in the world and you get thrown into an environment where every single one of your thoughts and emotions manifests into some sort of you know reality <laughs> you it's just not a very good recipe change happens on the physical plane at a much slower rate you know, I've never been a big fan of using the law of attraction for, you know, personal gain and stuff like that. But I do happen to have some some anecdotal evidence that it does work. <laughs> um, you know, I I was able to get, you know, $6,000 um, to come my way just by using the, the law of attraction for a couple of weeks. You know, as Tom Campbell always says, it it, it usually comes at a price. You know, if you're using the law of attraction for, for selfish, you know, reasons, it, you'll, it'll follow with some sort of life lesson, but...
1: So did you get that six grand and a, a life lesson handed?
2: I did. I'll I'll just tell you real quick. Um, I needed a couple thousand dollars just to kind of catch up on bills. So for a couple weeks, I meditated. I used the law of attraction. I pretended that I already had the money. And then one day, I'm driving down the road, I went to go turn down the radio station and... uh The car in front of me stopped uh, suddenly, and it didn't leave me enough time. So I ended up rear-ending the back of this guy's truck. There was no damage to his truck, but my car was totaled. And within $50 of my requested amount of money that I wanted, that was the amount of money I got from the the insurance company.
1: (laughs) That's the law of attraction.
2: But you lost your car. (laughs) Yep, yeah, the, the way the law of attraction works is it works most times, You'll never know how it's going to happen, though. So when, when Nancy says that you know, she wants to have a lucid dream and um, you know, have it affect you know, some sort of physical uh, variable, I've done that before as well. Last year I lost 69 pounds <laughs> just visualizing myself as a thin, physically fit person. And I've never lost sixty nine pounds in my entire life. But had you
0: changed your diet at all? Were you? I mean, were you still eating Big Macs and drinking nope. Coke and sitting nope. on the nope. couch? I mean, and you still lost the weight, or was there?
2: No, no, no. And that's a good point. That's why I I prefaced this whole thing with the fact that you never know how the law of intent, intent or intention is going to work because you know you're you're right. It could could have been the placebo effect, but um, through all of that you know all of that meditation and intention. Maybe it gave me... And what's the difference
1: if you got the end result, even if it was a placebo? I mean, what's what's the harm in that?
2: Right, yeah, yeah, I get it.
1: (laughs) While we're in this range, I did hear you say something about, you know, the radio waves, the this waves, the that waves. Um, How dangerous are all those waves coming at us?
2: I knew you were going to use that as a segue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Um, just to reiterate, everything in the universe is made up of, of the same types of molecules. The same molecules that make up my body are the same molecules that, you know, make up lots of other things. So in a sense, every atom in the entire universe is energy. Uh, there really is no observable proton or electron or neutron. They, they're only able to observe the properties. So human bodies are made up of energy, you know, as are our energetic fields. You know, the, the World Health Organization already publicly came out and said that the cellular signals are a potential carcinogen. And that's just cellular. You know, that's not the microwave radiation they're talking about with the 5G towers. How
1: I, dangerous are the 5G towers? Because they're going um, up like every fourth house or something, right?
2: Yeah. I, I think the 5G project, it, it might be multifaceted. Uh, I don't want to go down the conspiracy theory road too quick here, but... Um, it could be used for electronic surveillance of the people. It can be used for, you know, the government has done mind control, the MK Ultra program. Mm-hmm. And I'm not quite sure yet if the people at the top, the ones who are pushing it, I've not yet decided if it's just a, a an ignorant decision or if it's more malicious. But I do see a lot of awareness uh, cropping up.
1: More support to not... You know, spread the 5G. Well,
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean, more support to just not, you know, go through with it without any additional testing. You know, there's some reputable scientific people coming out and telling the rest of the world that we got to, you know, slow down on this a little bit. We can't just roll this out, you know, health consequences be damned. I don't see the powers that be. I don't see them giving in too soon. Too soon. I think it's going to be a bigger fight than we think it is.
1: So the towers that you make, you make these really cool... Oregon? Oregon. Or, origami? No, not origami. <laughs>
2: Orgon.
1: Is that it? What are the towers that you make? The pyramids.
0: Giza? Obelisks? The,
1: the Giza. The pyramid of Giza. No, the to help reflect some of that energy, some of the
2: cellular. Orgon. Yeah, yeah Orgon. Pyramids. Oregon. Yeah. How do
1: you make that?
2: Orgon energy is basically the same name for chi- uh, prana, etheric energy, zero-point field, it's all the same type of energy. Um, and there's a gentleman named Willem Reich. He studied this energy um, a couple decades ago, and he designed what he called a, a cloud buster. Um, and it just uses the the principle um, of, you know, chi or organ energy. And the way he found the best configuration he found to generate this energy was the configuration where you use layers of organic and inorganic materials. So if you have a pyramid, one layer of copper, and then the next layer above it is organic or some sort of crystal, Um, and then the next layer is inorganic and so on, and you build this pyramid, the idea is that the configuration of the material inside the pyramid is more conducive to generating this organ energy and and turning positive ions into the negative ions that the body apparently responds better to. So a lot of people are using these organ pyramids. Um, They're strategically placing them right underneath cell towers. I can't say 100% sure if they work yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have them them
1: in your home, or do you put them under cell towers?
2: Oh, (laughs) I've made three of them. Um, I gave the first one away uh, to my ex-girlfriend. How big are these, by the way? Well, the mold I have, I can make it up to 12 inches um, at the base, 12 by 12. But you can make them as small as a pendant. Um, I don't know if the reduced number of layers, you know, affects the the device's ability to generate the organ energy and so then see, don't
1: how do you mold them together what is the is it
2: i use a product called uh cast and craft <laughs> it's a resin so, so resin you do, okay yep it's a it's a it's a crafting resin so go back so to you, what you
0: were saying Though i'm sorry to interrupt you but you said you gave one to your girlfriend
2: yep i made uh my daughter and i made one uh she bought all the materials for it so i showed her how to make one and and she took that with her and then i have the the only one I have left is the very first one I made. It's it's ungodly. It's uh, terrible color coordination. But, yeah, I don't know. Ever since I uh, started keeping it around, the the energy in the house seems a little bit better. There's no way for me to measure that, of course, and I can't veridically state that it, it works. But, um, yeah, they're definitely pretty to look at.
0: <laughs> I'd like to see what they look like.
1: Yeah, you'll have to send me a picture. Can
0: I go online right now and look at one? I mean, are they... Are they, are they- oh, yeah.
1: Orgon pyramid.
0: Orgon.
2: uh, O R G N E. Orgon. Oh, yeah. I see. They're cool looking. You're only limited by your imagination.
1: Personally, I think that's all of life. You're only limited by your imagination.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That applies to everything, really. Let's see. We've touched on lucid dreaming. Or actually, we haven't really touched on lucid dreaming. Have we? We've more talked about OBEs. The last lucid dream I had, I woke up on the roof of my house, and there was what looked like zombies wandering around. And then and I thought, oh, no, wait, I'm in a dream. And then every all these zombies stopped and started clapping. They were like, oh, <laughs> you finally woke up. And then the... Uh, the dog jumped out of the window onto the roof and started talking. And I was like, oh, no, this isn't. <laughs> and then I zapped back.
2: It sounds like you had a little bit of creative control yes. in your experience <laughs> <laughs> that's something that I've always been lacking. I, I just don't have a lot of creative control. Most of the things that I perceive seem to be fairly solid.
1: <laughs> um, well, I am an artist, too. I think being an artist kind of really helps the imagination. Oh, yeah,
2: definitely. You, you know who Jürgen is, yes, right? Yes,
1: I read his last book. It was great.
2: Yeah, yeah. I got to meet him at the OBE France 2017, I believe. Yeah, he's, he's a magnificent artist as well. Um, painter, graphics designer. Some of the, the illustrations of his experiences are just really, really amazing. I mean, not even the best producers in Hollywood could could fathom some of the things that he
1: that he's he, seen. Yes, that he sees. Just reading his books, you know, gets your mind flowing in that direction too.
2: Yeah, and and reading is another great way to inspire and prepare your consciousness for, you know, this type of experience when i when i had my nose to books you know constantly that's when i was having the most experiences you know you're you're kind of setting the intention when you're reading a book you know before you attempt it
1: it's very cool we have about 3 minutes left what do you want to know about tom
2: well the lucid dreaming stuff's
0: always interesting to me but um you had mentioned some of these things that are like you know you don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist or something like that but i mean do you do you, do you think that there's a lot more that's happening that, you know, the average person doesn't know about, whether it be stuff like this 5G stuff or stuff like, um, the people who are paranoid and wear the tinfoil hats. I mean, you think there's some of that, there's probably some validity there.
2: I would say absolutely without a doubt. Um, the reason a lot of the people I surround myself with are very new age people. They like to focus on the positive. I tend to try to dabble in both, but, um, Absolutely. I I think in order to, in order to transmit electricity through the air, you, you kind of need a a medium, you need a conductor. So if you have, you know, if you add all of the metal particulates, they've been spraying in the skies with chemtrails. Right. You add all of those metal particulates in the air with all of the charge, um, that they're putting out with, with the 5G and, and all of the, the EMF pollution, um, you essentially have uh, an electrically charged atmosphere that can be used for directed energy weapons all sorts of things it can be a direct attack on a person it can be crowd control the u s military they already and they're not hiding it I mean anyone can see it they they already have directed energy weapons you know it, that are that they're using in um, some of the videos of the the fires out in California. Um, some of the video captured clearly showed um, some sort of directed energy weapon going through the air and hitting the ground. It's kind of a scary thought, and, you know, at one point I thought there was a way for us to get out of this, you know, to, you know, overcome some of the things that they're they're trying to do, but I don't know. I'm starting to think that maybe the best we can do is just kind of work on our own personal lives and try to spread as much, Love in the world as we can, and build a lot of those Oregon pyramids.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want one actually. I do want to build one. I've been. That's on my list of things to do. All right. Um, well, we should probably get going, but I did want to do a quick meditation before we leave. So, just settle back, both of you, in your chair. Breathe a little bit deeper, a little bit slower. So this is going to help you lucid dream tonight. So imagine you're just walking out of your body and into, um, you know, the best beach you've ever been to. And if you've never been to a beach, just allow yourself to go to one that you've seen in a movie. And allow yourself to just be there now, And you're walking along, or you're sitting comfortably in the sand. But allow all of your muscles to relax. Imagine you yourself are either walking on this beach or you're sitting on this beach, but you're watching the waves come in and out, in and out. Notice how the sun feels on your back or your face. Imagine that the spray of the ocean actually hits your face from where you're sitting. And then allow yourself to actually say, I'm dreaming about this beach. I know that I am dreaming. This will make it easier to lucid dream later on. You're just practicing the skill of exploring a world that you're creating in your mind. At the same time, you stay calm and relaxed. And you just keep this visualization going for another couple minutes, taking a deep breath in and out. And then imagine that we're a couple minutes ahead, and you're coming back into your physical body. And back into the room or the place or the car or the wherever you're at. And just wiggle your fingers and toes a bit. Taking a deep breath in. And an exhale breath. And what is your website, Jason?
2: Lightbodytravel.com
1: And can anyone get to you that way to find out more information on how to lose a dream or get some coaching on how to OBE?
2: yeah absolutely um i can be my email is that is that good enough yeah okay my email is jason kish k-i-s-h at lightbodytravel.com
1: wonderful it's been great having you i this all this stuff i can't articulate as well as you did
0: sounds (laughs) like you got something going on over
2: there jason Ah. thanks so much for 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 uh, joining us this has been great thank you it was a pleasure i hope to do it again okay thank you you very much
1: and All then right, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Bye. Jason. Check us out at um, Imagine Akasha on Instagram or come back next month.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Tom.
0: Bye.